0: Father, I thank you that we can celebrate today, like every other day, that you are the way, that you are the truth, and you are the life. And Lord, I pray that today as we meet together in the name of Jesus, as we meet here, as we meet at Tumby, as we meet online in lots of different ways, in people's homes, Lord, I pray that today there'd be a revelation of truth in people's lives, in our lives, that you are the way, that you are the truth, that you are the life. Lord, I pray there'd be revelations of your love, of how much you love us and how much you want your love released into the world. So God, we commit today to you. We thank you for it. We thank you for your word and your truth that inspires us. And I pray that your spirit would do that today. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I hear an amen this morning? Serious. Can I hear an amen that's full of faith and belief? Amen. <laughs> hey, um... Welcome, guys. Can I just say, firstly, um, welcome. I think this is the first time we've hit capacity in one of our venues since um, we've been gathering together. And can I just say, well done, A, for being here, and well done for coping with sitting in the foyer. Um, that's, that's where the high price tickets are, like the mezzanine level. Um, and just well done for families being here of all ages and all generations I love that Jack, where's Jack? Jack come to see me, there he is Um, Jack, remind me how old you are I know you don't mind me asking 90
1: He's 97 uh, in two weeks time
0: 97 in two weeks time and first time that you've gathered with us since COVID So good
1: And I've just noticed we've got some visitors from Queensland Welcome for those from Queensland Okay I see you yeah, that's cool. It's and okay, they're not from Victoria. We're, we're okay. <laughs> okay. We've cleared
0: that. Unfortunately, the seats for people from Victoria are in a much different place than, um, than in here. So from the youngest to the oldest, and whether you're here on-site or online or in someone's home, welcome. It's, it's a great expression of the church gathering. So that's really cool. Um, you might have picked up, if you've been engaged, last week we started a series called Coast Community Conversations. And I can't help but think that it's a significant time in the life of our church for us as a community of people where we want to have conversations in this way about some core beliefs that have risen from a discernment process that, that us guys and the ministry leadership team and eldership have been on and we want to have this conversational style approach because that's bigger than any one person. It's about us. And so we've changed the way we've preached. It's, um, I hope you can engage in this, and we'd love you to unpack it during the week, personally, in your families, in home groups, in whatever way that you want to, so that you can have a conversation about what does this look like for us as a community of people right now. So, Jeff, I'm going to hand over you. Can you lead us in in today's kind of conversation? And I'll yes, throw that to I'm you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, as me well. too. So, so Kev
2: kicked us off last week and we were speaking out out of this topic about being others-focused. And it's interesting that that was kind of the first core conviction that the three of us, I think, arrived at um, in this process many, many months ago now. And then that conviction had set something of a path, something of a trajectory. And the next topic that we're going to be speaking about today is discipleship. And there's a very clear link between being others-focused And discipleship. Jesus said that there's there's only one piece of evidence uh, that we have that we would know that we are his disciples if we love one another. And so there's this wonderful connection between uh, being others focused Mm. and and discipleship. And and certainly. There, there is not a week goes by when the three of us spend time together and we're, we, we have conversations about, well, what's the Lord saying to us? What, what are we perceiving? What's, what's jumping out as, as we engage in, in Scripture individually that we don't talk about discipleship? Everything just keeps coming back to the centrality of discipleship. Now, Kev, I've actually run out of hands, and That's I see that. that you've got a free hand. Can I yes. give you the clicker?
0: yes. Can do that. Thank you.
2: That was COVID safe.
1: Yeah, co- I was going to touch it, but then I thought yeah, COVID yeah, safe. Yeah. I'm not allowed. Yeah, you're not there. Um,
2: so we we spent seven weeks, and you can go to that next one, discipleship essential. We spent seven weeks uh, going going through this this model, and we'll spend a little bit of time looking at looking at that today. We didn't set out to produce some model of discipleship. Um, what you've got on your seats and what you see on the screen, there is something that just emerged and, and we look to try to codify that uh, as we went along.
1: Have we, we got some spares? Because there's some people who would yes, not have had will. one on their seat. has got, it got them. that's great. So if you didn't get one of these little things on your seat, please just raise your hand and, and we'll put one in your hand. In so we're not mi-
2: going to go through that in detail today. I would really encourage you um, to go back and look on YouTube. Uh, it is a seven-week... Series and it is a really, really uh, good thing to, to dive into. But what I what I'd like to hear from you guys about mm. is that just that process that led to the development of mm. of this. What was going on when you look back now that led to discipleship emerging as such a central theme?
1: Mm. Well, one of the things I think really first up was asking the question, why do we exist? Yep and when i say we the church why does the church exist in the world and so we go back to scripture and we look at what jesus was doing when he called people to follow me and then we look at particularly the writings through what we call the new testament and we see this picture that um, the word christian is synonymous in scripture with discipleship with being a disciple now being a disciple is not the full stop either Because to be a disciple, you are a person who follows Jesus, who then makes disciples as well. So you're a person who follows Jesus, and by doing that, you're enabling others to step in to follow Jesus in their life as well. And so that just rose to the surface, that's why the church exists. We don't exist for our own sake, we don't exist for our own little holy huddle, we don't exist so we feel like we've got some insurance policy where we get to go to heaven when we die, we exist for the sake of others who do not yet know Jesus. And that rose really clearly to the surface, like, early on, I think.
0: Yeah, for me, it was exactly the same. So, what is the core purpose of the church? You know, that's interesting to unpack, because unless we can answer that question together, we will miss the mark of what it means to be the church, because we think we're going to go to church. Well, we are the church, and what's our core purpose? And when we land at at even just the the flavour of the Great Commission, where Jesus says things like, you know, I've been given all authority, therefore go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then it says. teach these new disciples to obey everything I've commanded you and I'm with you till the end of the age and so there's this core purpose and about we are followers of Jesus and for anyone who here or online go what is discipleship? Discipleship is actually choosing to follow Jesus with your life and in that you will grow as a person and in your faith but you will also help other people understand Jesus and come into the family of God. So don't let a word discipleship throw you off or disengage you. Lean in And understand that Jesus is calling you to go, actually, come on in, you can be a follower of me and actually join my mission in the world so that we can make other people followers of Jesus. Best way to live, he's the author of life. And so I think we've got to reclaim that. But that was it. What's the core purpose of the church? And even for us to wrestle with that and come out with that is key. But it will take all of us to wrestle with that question. What's the core purpose of the church?
1: And it was really confronting because when we stopped and said, well, what's the core purpose of Coast Community? What are we about? What are we doing? We had to look and, and look at a few things up close and go, some of those things we're doing are not helping people go deeper in their personal discipleship. And not helping people go and be disciples who make disciples. So th- this was challenging, to say the least. It,
2: it was, and so there, there's no uh, there's no accident that we phrased it like that. That discipleship is is central. So what you've heard is that is that we're we're sharing an incredibly high view of of discipleship and and saying things like it is the core purpose and and function of the church. And and I think that when before we step down into looking at at this model and taking another look at that, we need to start from that perspective of this is really important. This is the core function uh, of of the church. I I want to take a minute or two and and help us to formulate this incredibly high high view of discipleship um, and put to you something of a definition that we would understand what discipleship is for, what discipleship is ultimately um, about. So if you want to give that one click. Um, I, I think that discipleship is this lifelong spiritual process of coming to grips with the truth. Mm. It's a lifelong process. We don't get to a point where we no longer require being discipled there is not some standard that we get to and we can say check i've now been discipled Mm. it is a lifelong process still going at 97. yeah training process that's right yep um it not only is a lifelong process it is a spiritual process we're kidding ourselves if we think that we can be a disciple or that we can disciple others outside of 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 the attendance and the motivation of the holy spirit if the holy spirit is not engaged in discipleship then we're not being discipled to jesus if kev was to to disciple me without the indwelling of the of the holy spirit then i'm becoming a disciple of kev
0: yeah that's a bit dangerous
2: and not a disciple of, (laughs) of of jesus so it's it's a lifelong spiritual process of coming to grips. And I, I was trying to figure out a, a, a way of, in, in a deep and practical way, what, what is it that we're doing here? We're, we're not just <laughs> learning. Um, we're not just going through the motions, but we're coming to grips with, with the truth, such that that truth shapes us that we live in the light of that truth that we we orient our lives and our actions and our choices and our behaviors around that truth and of course true uh, kev reminded us very early in that series that truth is a person but what what truth are we talking about if you want to give that another click kev discipleship being apprenticed to jesus is the lifelong spiritual process of coming to grips with the truth, the truth that God is love and that love lives within us, mm. both of those. And it's truer to say that love lives within us than it is to say that love lives within me. Mm. So, guys, what's, what's going on for you as we take this high view of, of discipleship?
1: Well, straight away, I think there's a, a notion that th- this is for all people. This is not aimed at adults. This is not aimed at people who've got their life together. This is not aimed at those who who um, think they're good people. This is an invitation to step into this, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are. Yeah. Um, it, you know, studies would, you know, experts, when they look at um the biblical stories would would estimate that some of the disciples that jesus called were mm. teenagers yeah okay we always see pictures of them as old men with yeah. long yeah. beards it's not right it's or a quite bit like you. probable some old guy like you yeah like yeah. some old guy like me what do you mean i'm the youngest one you know up what here. i mean <laughs> i'm just he, trying to make myself feel just but, but this is an invitation, and, and no matter where you are in your life journey, there is a place where you can step into a discipleship relationship yeah. with Jesus. Mm. Mm. And the fact that it's about us doing it together, yes. yep. that's where we help those who are younger mm. and those who are struggling and those whose lives have fallen apart and those who are ill mm. and those who have lost someone. And the whole gamut of the life story, yep. we actually do this together. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it?
0: And not only that, it's an invitation to understand that God is love and that love is in us. Like, even last week, there was someone that came to this gathering who, from conversation, probably didn't feel like that they were in a place where they were good enough to be here. I mean, what have we done to kind of set that example up that you've got to have your life together to participate? I mean, God loves you regardless and like even it touches on, I love where you have started there, Jeff, because we need to have a picture in our minds. Like maybe you're here today, you're online, and you're going, well, who's this God? Yeah. How would how would you describe him? Well, we would describe him as a God of love. God is love. That's a biblical definition of God. And so if you have any other picture of God mm-hmm. than someone who loves you abundantly just because of who you are, mm-hmm. not about what you do, not about what's gone on in your life, he just loves you. Like that's the starting point. And actually, we get the actual privilege of helping people understand that they are loved mm. what a beautiful way to live knowing that you're completely loved so that's what i like about that yeah. sorry i'll shut up now no that's that's it um so i'm i'm just
2: going to to read two passages of scripture and the first one uh, it's it's john it's the disciple john who who's writing now john it seems to me whether when you're reading the gospel and the letters of john john gets this John has received the revelation that God is love and that love lives within us. Like, I, I look at John and I think, I, I want to be like John. Mm. Listen to this. Listen to what he writes, writes here. So this is 1 John chapter 4, starting at 7. He says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we, we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, Surely we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. This is amazing this bit. No one mm-hmm. has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to its brought to full expression in us. Mm. Keep going. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the saviour of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us and we put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them and as we live in God our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world i reckon this this is our reference point for discipleship mm. god is love
0: and love lives in us mm. what do you reckon i mean that's just it's hard to get your head around yeah that that is that's why, it's,
2: that's why it's lifelong.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is truth. And I think God will take us deeper and deeper to understand that it has to be the platform of why we exist. It has to be the platform of discipleship. It has to be the lens that we look through going forward. I totally believe that.
1: And part of that model that you see on that tree, one of the areas under the ground, which we'll touch on in a sec, is those core beliefs. And, you know, unless that truth of Scripture becomes a core belief in how you view God mm-hmm. and how you understand how God views you, it makes it really hard to step into a life of discipleship. Yeah. We actually, then if we don't get that, we step into a life of what we would call sin management, where we're just trying to do the good things and trying not to do the bad things yeah. and hope that at the end it works out for us. Whereas this truth eliminates all of that and it says, no, nah, that's, that's not the picture at all. Yeah. It's something so much richer and and deeper than that. Mm. I mean, you imagine as as parents, if you
0: have kids in the room or if you're watching, like my desire for my kids is that they grow up in a way where they understand at a core belief level that God loves them, Mm. that they are loved people. Imagine if you've got kids that you'd understand as they grow that they can live for the rest of their life with a core belief that God loves them and that they are loved. Mm. That changes everything for them, in my opinion. That's a foundation. It's interesting, all our kids' ministries from school and preschool, that the vision statement for those is foundation for life. But like that's what we want to see in our kids. And it's our role to do that and as our role as parents to disciple our kids so that those core beliefs are there. Now, every person's got a choice, including your kids, but we want to create the environments, and we'll talk about homes later, of discipleship where those core beliefs cause us to be grounded in Jesus. It's a great point. And, and this
2: this idea then, so if it's not outrageous enough that the creator of the universe is love, mm. this love lives within us. Yeah. has taken up residence mm. with, within and among and, and between us. Mm. Um, and we say that so easily yeah sometimes. I think it, you know we can, we can be almost flippantly saying you know <laughs> Jesus lives in my heart <laughs> um, but it, but it's true. And it's depending on, mm. on, on the, the translation that you read, um, minimally 70 and, and up to 100 times your New Testament says uh, in Christ, in, in Christo. It's one of the most prolific theme, themes throughout all of the New Testament that, that we are in Christ, that he is in us. Mm. Um, flip to the next slide. This is, this is Jesus praying. Um, and John's there, right? So John's close by when Jesus is praying this prayer. He's probably asleep because that was, it. That was their problem, wasn't it? They were falling asleep. Um, but John's close by. Jesus is praying to his father and it's immediately before he's a- handed over uh, for trial. And it's all of John chapter 17. And we're just going to pick it up in uh, verse 20. This is Jesus praying. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that's us. He's praying for us, for you and me. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so the world will believe you sent me. Mm. I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as you love me. There there is no individual discipleship that does not lead toward unity Mm. and toward, toward, toward oneness. And I think that that's sometimes one of the things that, that has tripped us up till we, as well. We think that discipleship is just about me, about my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, my and growth. it misses the yeah. point that the whole thing is directed toward oneness, toward unity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And so that's shaped the way we've thought about that. It has resulted in a, a strategy for discipleship, which is in your hands. Did you want to chat about that Yeah, do you now? want to click? You can click to the next one if you, if you like. Um, we'll keep going. As in, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you want a break? Um, yeah. So this this actually is a strategy which obviously still has a tree analogy, and like Jeff said, go back go back on YouTube channel, look at the seven weeks. But it's important to understand there's a concept of being grounded in Jesus. There's the evidence of a transformed life, which is in the branches, and then this trunk, which is these discipleship environments. So, can we just unpack that really quickly? We're going to chat about the.
1: Yeah, so grounded. that bit grounded in Jesus, it's generally the stuff that happens in your life that most people don't see. It's the, it's the stuff that really shapes who you are. And out of a healthy root system, we know in a, in a real tree, when the roots are healthy and accessing the nutrients and the water that they need, the tree is healthy and it bears the fruit that it's designed to bear. Mm. Um, so I touched on that just briefly. The core beliefs that we have about who God is about what He's doing in His world, about our invitation into that, um, those things really help shape the the position we can put ourselves in to be a disciple of Jesus. And then truth, we touched on that, Jeff just said truth is actually a person, it's the person of Jesus. So, if Jesus is not in the picture here, then, then, then we're not doing Christian discipleship. Okay, we've got to to remember that. There's a lot of philosophies in the world, there's a lot of worldviews that would say, this is the way to heaven or nirvana or enlightenment or whatever the case may be. We are Jesus central. That's the whole point of being a disciple of Jesus is you follow Jesus. And then the third thing is our practices. And on the back of that sheet that you've got, on, on, on the seat that you had, What am I saying? (laughs) That little thing in your hand, on the back of that, there's a few things just listed there that could be helpful for you to give a go as some practices that will help position you in your daily following of Jesus. Um, Now, they are not exhaustive by any stretch. There's a bunch of things we can do. But if you've never thought of this, just look at some of the suggestions that are on the back of that card and maybe this week try one or two of them. And just see where you land see what that what that's like see how that helps you focus on jesus um, so those things are really really important generally done without many people knowing you're doing them but so important to get that foundation right yeah it's
0: even interesting with the truth thing you know you so, just make up your own truth we're saying that that's actually not in the picture there's a reference point his name's jesus and he's revealed himself through the bible so it's a reference point that causes us to go deep. It was interesting from that point where we looked at that kind of trunk, which discipleship environments. That was really interesting for us, and for me personally, because one of the things I, I think we need to really clear up in the life of Coast Community, because that's what we're responsible for. all of us, like we are partnering together in Jesus' mission in building His church, is to understand where responsibility lies. Like what what's what where the responsibilities lie in this community. About us partnering with Jesus to build up his church. Who's responsible for what? Now you think about your family at the moment. So, like here's the Gould family. Yeah. Three great boys growing up in a household. And I'd imagine if I had a conversation with these guys and I go, Karen, what's your responsibility in the family? Or Archie, what's your responsibility in the family? Or Eli, Noah, what's your responsibility in your family? I reckon we'd get different answers unless you guys have done a really good job at setting your boys. <laughs> Don't talk about that, okay. Um, like it's really good because I mean, I know what happens in, in our family. I reckon, me included, and all our kids think that Kel probably owns most of the responsibility of making family happen. It's wrong. I see a nod. I see a nod. Um, that's an unhealthy approach to even living in a household whatever that looks like however you live in a household so in this household in this community where does responsibility lie because i think if we're not careful we can think and we'll talk spend a whole session on this about the church is primarily a volunteer organization that we have responsibility together in partnering with jesus to build up his church and so some of the cultural things, the difference that this could look like going forward is that, I'm talking about in the church now, not just Coast Community, but there can be this expectation that it's up to a ministry team to do all the ministry. It's not a help, that's not where the responsibility lies. We own that together. In fact, it's not the responsibility of a few people into church to make sure that everyone's world's okay and everything's going okay in their life. That's an unhealthy responsibility. It's actually an unhealthy responsibility for, for people in a church, any church, um, to think that, that all of the pastoral care belongs to the pastors that are actually paid on staff. That's not a healthy responsibility. Um, because we're all, we're all priests. We're all, we're all in this together. Karen said that before. So it actually, when we strip that back, and you know what? We want to be responsible together... Of creating discipleship environments, of which the Sunday gathering is a key one. It's not the most important, the home is. We'll talk about that later. But even looking at that tree analogy, all the -the under-the-surface stuff of you following Jesus, that's your responsibility. And that's my responsibility for me. No one else can do that for you. The branches, and Jeff might talk about this, and how God works in your life and how he works through your life, that's your responsibility. It's not It's not a church's responsibility for that to happen. Now, we could do all these programs and set all these things up, but I don't think that's our responsibility. We want to create discipleship environments together. And this is a big one here, this trunk where we gather together as the church. And even that is our responsibility collectively. Now, we'll unpack that more, but that's significant, because otherwise, what I see happening in churches, there's all these expectations that can be thrown on a few people on a ministry team, and it results in burnout from unhealthy expectations. I'm not talking about Coast Community, necessarily. This is, the, I think this is going on in all churches, for those that are asking the right questions. And so to go, well, my responsibility... Is, is to follow Jesus personally and ground myself in Jesus. And then God's going to work in my life, through my life. And together as a community, we will develop discipleship environments, which is the trunk. I've probably said enough about that.
2: Oh, that's really good. And and I think one of, the, one of the practical things that came out of that conversation as we were really wrestling with that between the three of us was how much responsibility have we taken on for what's going on below the surface in people's lives? Yeah. Um, and that's not actually how you would how you would uh, create a healthy a healthy Christian life for the church to take responsibility uh, for what's going on below the, the surface and in the roots of your life. That's 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 each of us as individuals taking that responsibility mm. ourselves. Um, when we look up above the surface, then in the place of fruit, like we all we all know, and you can give that another click, Kev. We, we know that if we want to see good fruit, we invest below the surface. Mm. So, we, you know, if, if we're trying to grow good lemons, we don't focus on the lemons. We focus on the soil. We focus on the roots. Um, so so good fruit is
0: evidence of, of health. Do you and know one of the best fertilisers for growing great lemons? Tell me. You're on. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but I think you're
1: correct.
2: All right, you can pull some application out of that if you want. <laughs> like,
1: don't ever get lemons from <laughs> you Kev. Know, that's right.
2: That's right. Um, so we, we would desire, we should expect to see that if, that if there is health below the surface, if, if there is a foundation of truth and practice and beliefs that are going deep and grounded in Christ, then we should see evidence, the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives. And because we are grounded and our identity is in a mission or God, then we are on mission. We should expect there would be evidence that we are cooperating in God's mission, that He is working through our lives as well. And I love that I love that the centerpiece here is that there is evidence that we are growing in love. Yeah. Growing in love for God. And others, it's like this center of of the fruitfulness uh, in the branches just leads directly down into that taproot of core beliefs grounded in the truth that God is love and that God lives within me.
1: And John goes on in that letter to talk about that that the only way we show we can love God is by loving the people around us, yeah. the people that we can see because we can't see God. Yeah, and so there's the evidence of that.
2: Yeah. So. Um, really encourage you to go back and to take a look at that at that whole whole series. Mm. One final question, what what are the implications? What could this mean? What could this mean if this if this body and if the broader body of Christ lived out of this revelation, mm. this lifelong spiritual revelation that God is love mm. and that he lives within us? where Where is that going?
1: I think two things happen. Firstly, when, when the Church functions as Scripture describes the Church to function, when it actually lives out what it's supposed to be doing, it is, and I feel like I've said this a hundred times, it is the most attractive community of people in the world. A, a community of people where love is central where all those fruits of the Spirit are are evident, the things like love and joy and peace and patience and welcome and compassion, all those things are evident in a community. That is a community that will attract people to the person of Jesus because Jesus is central in the community. So when the church operates the way the church is designed to operate, it draws people to God. I think that's the first thing that we'll see. And the second thing we see through that is... Is the idea that we grow as a community because people are stepping into relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Most churches, our church, any numerical growth we've seen generally is from people from other churches stepping into this church Mm. and then we have people leaving this church to go to another church and people just church hop. It's quite evident on the Central Coast actually what we would love to see is that Jesus building his church and the growth that we see is from people who are stepping in for the first time into a relationship with Jesus and that will happen when we live out our discipleship in an authentic way. My closing thoughts would be things
0: like it's interesting in picking up on that church shopping bit I mean we are, we are called to be in a community of people as believers and quite often you would hear people say, I want to find a church that's got good teaching, a good worship, a good kids program or, or good coffee or whatever it is. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say something like, I want to find a church that helps me make disciples. Yeah. I've heard similar things. to I want to find a church where I can contribute and serve. That's great. We want to do that we take that to the next level and go i want to be in a community of people that actually helps me make disciples of jesus and we do that together that's a different story and so my personal hope is that every person from the youngest person in our church to the oldest would actually take responsibility for our own lives which a lot of you do i'm preaching to the converted here but we own that in a fresh way and go that's my responsibility and i want to have practices that connect me with jesus to develop core beliefs in my life my responsibility It's my responsibility to understand how I'm gifted and how God wants to work in me and through me. And I don't need to actually be part of a church program to be doing that. God's going to use me powerfully in my family, in my workplace, where I volunteer, in my school, in my university. And I'm actually equipped to go because together we choose to make discipleship environments that set us up for a win during the week where we can actually display that God is love Mm. and actually let people know God's love through God working in us and through us and so that's embracing responsibility personally for that. And together we go, sign me up. I want to be empowered. I want to be equipped. And I want to be encouraged to go for it so that I can be part of a community of people that makes disciples. Mm. Um, for, for me too, like I, I think that there is nothing
2: as unattractive as division within the church. Um, than discord between believers and fractures between denominations. I think that there's nothing that sends people running as much as Christians who can't, can't get along and refuse to agree. And, and it was such a theme in what we read in John and what, what Jesus is saying. May they experience such perfect unity that the world would know. Discipleship's the only pathway to, to unity. Um, the the band's going to come back up and they're they're going to lead us in another song, Build My Life, and I think it's a really appropriate way that we're going to finish this morning, and as they get ready, I'm going to pray, and I'm actually going to pray the prayer that Jesus prayed. I reckon you're on safe ground when you pray the stuff that Jesus prays, and so I'm going to pray for us the prayer that he prayed for us, so would you join me in that? Father, we pray for ourselves. We pray for everyone who will ever believe in you through our witness. We pray that we will all be one, just as you and the Son are one, the Father in the Son and the Son in the Father. And may we be in you so that the world will believe in the one you sent, your own Son, our Lord Jesus. By your grace and for your glory, may we be one as you are one. May we experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you, Father, sent your Son and that you love us with the same love that you love him. Amen.